Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Hey, I was looking at your Twitter feed and I saw a tweet about process zealots and I thought it'd be oh, great. Oh man, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> is it? Okay, great. Well, because I was hoping we could talk about it at KitCon, you know, which is coming up next next month. What do you think? Uh, that would be super if I had known about KitCon in enough time to plan to go. So for the first time in 16 years or something, I won't be going. Oh no! Which means there's a space open for listeners who want to go to this thing called KitCon. You better tell them what it is. Okay, so KitCon is the Continuous Integration and Testing Conference, and KitCon Europe is happening in the Netherlands uh, in October. Uh, link in the show notes. Would love to see you there. You can come talk to me about process, zealotry, and uh, anything else you've heard on Troubleshooting Agile. And so happy to talk about that. I'll also be, by the way, at the DevOps Enterprise Summit. Uh, after that, will you, will you be there, Squirrel? I won't be there either. Oh. But you know what? I am going to be in other places. Jeffrey, we're just going to miss each other all over. I'm going to be in Berlin and in Vienna uh, doing events there on uh, uh, tech and product warring and other exciting topics. So there's lots of places where we are, but um, none of them are the same place. Okay. So if people would like to, to uh, meet up with us in the coming months, we'll, we'll put links in the show notes. And so we'd love to talk about things, um, uh, how to analyze your conversations and uh, other ways to make software better. But uh, since we won't see each other, perhaps we could talk about process zealots today. That sounds great. One of my favorite uh, uh, ideas. And I bet you got this from me tweeting about it last week. Uh, exactly. That's right. Um, uh, you, you had a, a great quote and I wanted to, to, to have us talk about it. So do you want to explain your your your, uh, your tweet and, and what you meant by it? Sure. Well, I don't remember what I tweet. That's why I tweet it so I don't have to remember it. But um, <laughs> I remember the situation, which is uh, somebody came to me, one of the uh, uh, leaders that I'm coaching, and he said, man, I just couldn't get this guy on side. He kept telling us that he we weren't doing safe. Or maybe it wasn't safe. Maybe it was Scrum or Lean or I don't know which thing less, it was. One, maybe. Yeah, but less could have been that. Less, which has safe inside the acronym. It's like an acronym with an acronym. It gets nuts. So he, he was attached to one of these things, and my client just could not unattach this guy. It was like he was attached with a, a sucker. You know, he just couldn't pull him off. And uh, every time my client would say, could we try this thing that would help us and address this problem? The person would say, oh, but look here on page 50, it says we have to do it this way. Uh, and, and he was tearing his hair out. And he said the, the solution he, he found kind of by accident was that he, he got the person to identify how one of the things that were was clearly going to help was actually part of whatever process it was. So he said, ah, so what we're doing is the grooming of the backlog grooming, and we're doing that um, uh, on alternate Thursdays, just like it says here in the book. And uh, <laughs> But it's a real innovation that we're doing it every week. And the person said, yeah, it sounds great. Why don't, why don't you go and investigate this more? You know, and Maybe we can write about it and tell people how great it is that we've innovated and we're using this stupendous process. Now, <laughs> to, to some degree, I want to hasten to add listeners who, who know us well will know that I, I wouldn't want to do this in a, uh, I wouldn't endorse doing this in an underhanded way. So what I wouldn't want to say is, uh, yeah, that sounds great. Ha, 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 into my hand. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just humoring this person. So uh, I certainly certainly advised him to say that, you know, I, you and I don't agree on the value of this process, but it sounds like there's something valuable in it that you found. So let's work on that. That's the, the attitude with which I intended the, um, the insight. But the insight was maybe if you have someone whose zealotry is getting in the way, you could help them to see how their zealotry could be turned in a helpful direction. 
Right. And you're, the way you described it is you ask them to connect your practices to their, you know, quote unquote Bible of whatever Correct. their process is. And I, I really liked that. And that's exactly what I wanted to, to, to uh, what I picked up on was the idea that what you're doing that you see is beneficial probably is reflected in some way in whatever the process is. In, in a sense, there's certain things that you need to be doing, and these different processes might use different terminology, but ultimately the goal is to ship software and probably have some very similar components in it. At least that was was my thinking of it. Is that is that kind of what you had in mind? Yeah, absolutely. That um, the, there's likely to be something that's valuable in any of these processes. They all follow the same sorts of ideas. They worked for somebody once, as you were telling me uh, a little while ago. So there, there must be something good in it, and uh, and that's what uh, this person kind of stumbled on. And I wanted to share with more people the idea that you could actually pull that out and say, "Well, look, we might not agree on all these things, but there is this one here that we we do seem to agree on. Maybe we could work on that together." <laughs> and that is, I think this is why it resonated with me is because lately on Twitter, I, I found myself getting a bit bummed out by the negativity, which is it, it, really, I think, I'm shocked. <laughs> I, I know this is maybe uh, I shouldn't spend as much time there as I, as, as I do. Um, but it, I it, it's right only for me. Uh, I just write and run. <laughs> Probably healthier. Um, but what stood out to me were people who often... Uh, I, I guess I, I read it because some people share interesting ideas of what they're doing. And I really enjoy hearing the positive things. Hey, we tried this. It worked well. And, and I like the success stories. What I find really anti-valuable are the things where people say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of this process. Uh, it will never work. Or I'm, I'm sick of really what they say is I'm sick of people who keep telling me to use this process or keep pushing, forcing this process on us. And, you know, it's stupid. It could never work. And it's kind of, for me, I was, now that you talk about process zealots, it's like, these are the anti-zealots. I think the one that triggered me this week was someone saying, you know, about OKRs. Like, I've given up, you know, I'm, I'm no longer going to resist. Uh, uh, fine, I'll write myself as OKRs. But of course, this is not going to possibly add any value. And it was sort of a total dismissal of the process. And I, and I just, the thing about that is like processes, in, in one sense, they aren't that important. And, <laughs> and, and this might sound strange. In the particulars, which is to say, every process that exists, someone probably took the time to write it down, write down because it worked for them. It worked for them in some context, and they said, "Hey, this is useful attributes that other people could apply and learn from." Now, certainly, some people go too far, and I think that's the kind of zealots who say, "Oh, this is the one right way. This is now the <laughs> now that it's been written down. This is the one true way, and everyone should adopt it." And it's kind of like standards, Nick's KCD comment, you know, there's, there's 15 standards. Let's go create one to unify them all. Now there are 16 standards. <laughs> so it, it does have the problem, but, but there's this idea that it has worked for someone, it has been valuable for someone. And rather than just dismissing them as useless to say, what was it that people found valuable about it? I think that the curiosity, what, when people found this valuable, what problem was it solving for them? And, and maybe that would be useful for me, but maybe it's not a problem we have. And sometimes when people suggest a process, my response to them might be, look, I, I just don't understand that it solves a problem we have. Do you think it, we have a problem that this addresses? And because you know, maybe, it, maybe we do, maybe we don't. And if we do, then it's worth, worth discussing. But if someone's just advocating it because they think this is the right process and they don't particularly have a problem in mind to solve, then I'm less interested. 
And this kind of non-zealotry, <laughs> this more sort of curiosity, uh, I think is something that you kind of tapped into here uh, your, your, your client did when dealing with their process zealot. You know, well, how, you know, how does this work? How does what we're doing relate to what's in, in your process? And that kind of curiosity, I think to me is what unlocked that interaction for them to be excited and make those connections because those connections, you know, they might be there. And, and, you know, I think it's for people who are longtime listeners of our, of our podcast or people who've read our book, it, are not going to be surprised that we talk about balancing advocacy and inquiry. And I think that's where I've seen problems where people lack that balance. Well, maybe we could try it, try it out here, Jeffrey. Uh, I'm I'm known for being outspoken in my criticism of Scrum, yeah. so so maybe maybe if we work hard at it, I could find something that that could be useful in Scrum. How about that? Yeah, that'd be great. I, can I be the can I be the Scrum person? <laughs> uh, sure. So, um, uh, but but I th I think I might be able to do this on my own. Let me just because I was thinking about it while you were talking. It, it, it strikes me that, that that Scrum must have worked for for somebody, and it does work for lots and lots of folks. And um, when it was started, though, I have to believe that because it has such an emphasis on not breaking the sprint on, well, it's even in the name, right? We're all going to be working together as a great big um, raving mass. I'm, I'm envisioning the, the rugby games I used to watch at university and didn't understand. Um, you know, <laughs> just mass of humans all coming together and you can't find the ball underneath. Uh, the, the whole idea that you would work really hard on something as a unit um, seems very, very helpful. Uh, we now have ideas like mob programming, which people yes. are getting great success with, which has a similar uh, idea kind of in the small. So that, that strikes me as something that, for example, if you were the scrum zealot and you were telling me we can't break the sprint, we have to concentrate, I might say, where, where can we find a particular thing that would be really helpful to concentrate on, that would be really helpful for us to, um, to focus on intently for the whole team, even if... It's not our specialty, and uh, for us to work cross-functionally on, because I bet you could find such a thing, and we could agree on it. Even if I wouldn't agree that we should never break the sprint, and um, the, the 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 backlog grooming should have a, a backlog grooming. Yeah, that, that's uh, that was great, and I actually it, it's, I'm maligning it, Scrum, by the way. Don't write us letters. <laughs> I know that it's not it's backlog refinement, not backlog grooming. I've been refi re uh, anyway. <laughs> don't mess with it. Don't 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 uh, don't write us letters. <laughs> but it's it's it, what I like there is you you in a sense recapitulated a conversation that I had with someone in the past couple of weeks where we were doing a, a retrospective and they are Scrum advocates and had used them before and and talked about the value of Scrum and and they said oh you know that would be one of the great things about Scrum are the iterations that we you know we have frozen what's going to happen uh, during the sprint. And, uh, <laughs> freezing. Ugh, sorry, I just can't help. But and I and I said, and in my view is, I think, yeah, that's great. You know, and actually, that is, I think, was one of the real innovations of Scrum. Because if I go back to the '90s, where these things came out of, one of the biggest problems, one of the classic mistakes, are uh, um, changing requirements and uh, and to, to to say, look, let's go ahead and, and freeze the requirements for a week or two. Yeah, and and allow people to actually get stuff done rather than being constantly in flux. That was fantastic. That was a real innovation that helped a lot of teams. Absolutely, in their context, which is different from our context today in many cases, but not all. Exactly, and and that was exactly how the conversation proceeded. I said, given, and I think there's, I, I told myself, I think there's a lot of value to that. I think given where we are on this project, 
I'm not sure that I would value that. In fact, we're kind of at the opposite stage. We're, we're, we're trying to talk to clients and, and respond quickly. And we, we want to be able to turn things around in, in less than a week or two. So I'm not sure that the, the trade-offs, and that's what I always go to, is the trade-offs involved in having these, um, uh, you know, planning meetings where you, you set this, the uh, sprint context and, and, and freeze it. I'm, I'm not sure the trade-offs are the ones that I would make for us right now. What do you think? That was how the conversation proceeded. But it started with that idea that, yep, there are these things that are valuable. Are those trade-offs that make sense for us? Sounds good to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, sounds like you were able. Did you manage to find a common ground with this person? Did you find something that, that you could both agree on and work on together? Oh, I, I think so. I think we, we, we had agreement about uh, about some of the values here and, and you know, what we were going to change going forward. So, yeah, we did. Uh, we're able to work through that. So it was, a, it was a I think it was a positive conversation in part because it wasn't about zealotry, about, you know, uh, you know, it must be scrum or it can't be scrum. Uh, instead, talking about what were the, the particular problems and contexts and trade offs that were relevant both in the past when this person used it successfully and, and now uh, with, with the, the current context. And, 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 and I think this is, the, we kind of come back here, this idea of, uh, on both sides, on the one hand, advocating people to be curious. And I, and I really like that, that your initial lead in here to go to the people who are very attached to a given process, who are really strongly advocating it. And I think asking that question, you know, how is what we're doing, uh, res, you know, how is that reflected in your process? Um, I think you know, kind of invites them to be a bit curious as well, it gets them into a, a, a more of a, a, a introspective mindset rather than just strongly advocating. And that I think is what leads to a, a higher quality interaction. So really happy to, that you had that tweet and we could uh, talk about it now, even though I'm disappointed we won't be able to talk about it at KickCon. Me too. So uh, the one thing that it does remind me of that I just wanted to bring in here, because I, I, I never miss a chance to bring him in. I, I love him so much. Uh, there's a, If you're thinking to yourself, the listeners are saying, man, you know, my zealot it w- would never have any comet ground. You know, the, the, I'm, I'm such an anti-zealot. This zealot and I, we could never come to any agreement. Uh, I'm reminded of a chap named Xavier Amador who does work with uh, people who are, uh, have um, very severe mental disorders, um, the ones who believe that uh, other people shoot lasers out of their eyes and that the aliens are on Mars controlling us with radio waves and stuff like that. Um, and and uh, he has a whole process for agreeing with them, finding something that you can empathize with, and partnering with them to find a solution. So if he can do it with people who have that uh, level of um, um, out of this literally out of this world zealotry. Um, I have the feeling that um, uh, we could find something in common, no matter which side of the zealot anti zealot spectrum we might happen to be on. So we'll leave a link in the show notes to, to some of his great material. Yeah, that's that. I think that's perfect. That that um, Amador's leap method. Uh, that's a, a fantastic, and I, I really like the, your idea of bringing that into this kind of conversation. Sounds good. Well, so I was saying before, don't write us letters. In fact, we'd love to have letters from you, even if you want to correct me on the finer points of Scrum. You, you just won't get very far <laughs> with me, but maybe you will with Jeffrey. Uh, you can find us, as always, at agileconversations.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you there on Twitter, which some of us are on sometimes when it's not too negative, and uh, email and lots of other ways. There's free videos, all kinds of good stuff. Our book, um, so um, as Jeffrey mentioned, uh, all available at agileconversations.com. And of course, we'll be back again next Wednesday uh, for another episode of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.